Today I want to share with you a passage of scripture that is the last of our Ten Commandments. And I pray that this will be a blessing to you as we look at the subject of coveting. Coveting. Now, coveting is a kind of uh, modern-day sin in the fact that we want and we desire, but we have not. We want and we desire, but we have not. And uh, doesn't matter what our income is, doesn't matter how much we've been blessed, we tend to fall back into this desire to have things that do not belong to us. They belong to, to someone else. Scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 21, Do not desire your neighbor's wife or covet your neighbor's house, his field, his male or female slave, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I had an incident in my life where, growing up, I always wanted a set of Pioneer speakers. Now, when I'm talking about Pioneer speakers, I'm talking about the big guys. Got the lattice work in the front, you know what I mean? Got the 15-inch woofer in it. Got the mid-range, got the little tweeter up top. I never could afford one or two, a set of those. Until I was employed at a pawn shop. First in Jefferson Street. Stan's Pawn Shop. Any of you been to Stan's Pawn Shop? I might have uh, sold you a a thirty-two pistol or something. <laughs> I sold a lot of those things back in the 70s. Um, a guy came in and uh, pawned two of the largest Pioneer speakers that you have ever seen in your life. They were uh, immaculate. Not a thing wrong with them. And uh, the pawnbroker could have given him a lot more money, but he only gave him like $20 because that's really all he needed. And he never came back to get them. And it came time to sell the two Pioneer speakers. So when they came out for sale, I thought, this is what I've always wanted. It's what I've always dreamed of. So I bought two Pioneer speakers, 15-inch woofer, mid-range, little tweeter inside, big old heavy things. I mean, they weigh 50 pounds a piece. They're huge. Solid wood, $40. Two Pioneer speakers. I took the speakers home, got them into my dorm room, and the pawn shop owner, Mr. Stan Fisher, <coughs> said to me one day, he said, uh, Tom, said the guy that pawned those would like to buy them. Would you be willing to sell them back to him? I thought for a minute and I said, no. It's my right 
I have a right to those speakers. We followed all the protocol, and I'm not going to be generous. I'm not going to give up my dream. I'm going to keep those pioneer amps. I had dreamed of a day that I would own a home that was large enough that I could put those two pioneer speakers out and just crank them up. In fact, when I graduated from seminary, I bought a Pioneer amp, 500-watt amp, to push those two Pioneer speakers. To this day, I have not been able to use those two Pioneer speakers. They're at my house. They are located in the bedroom where my little office is. And if you turn them up very loud, it just rocks the whole house. So you really can't enjoy them. And now I don't know what to do with them. They have become, pawn them. <laughs> Billy, Billy's got an answer. Now I'm stuck with an albatross. And I don't know what to do with these two Pioneer speakers. I've decided that I'm going to sell them at an auction and I'm going to donate them to missions. And we missed the yard sale, but we'll have other opportunities. Maybe give the money to missions. Uh, maybe give it to Lottie Moon uh, Christmas offering this coming year. But I'm going to auction those things off. And uh, Keith, you can't get them for less than $400, okay? I see you dribbling back, just <laughs> drooling back there. Keith just, he's just wiping his mouth, just thinking about them big old pioneer speakers. I will not sell them for less than $400. And I think that's a bargain. But to this day, I have drugged those speakers all over the known world. And they have survived. Now, because of my hernia, I can't even pick them up. They are literally an albatross around my neck. And I have got to get rid of them and use them to bless the kingdom of God. Folks, this is the disease of coveting. It invades your mind and takes over your life and you become unhealthy. That's what any physical disease does to you. It invades your body, it takes over your body, and you are not healthy any longer. Coveting is the same thing. It is the desire for something that does not belong to you. Number two, you don't even need it, though you think you do, and you are absolutely better off without it. But because we want it, we think we should have it. Now, we're trying to teach our four-year-old grandson the difference between, you know, when you go to Target, how to shop for things we need and how to shop for things we want. And it's quite a challenge. Because a four-year-old thinks about what he wants first. Let's satisfy that want machine. 
that want worm, as my dad used to call it. You just got a big want worm. That's what you got, son. You just want this and you want that. And coveting is a feeling that you have that you feel will be taken care of or subside and you will be at peace with yourself and at peace with the world if you could just have what is not yours and is what not, is not good for you. If you could just have something that doesn't belong to you, something you did not earn and something that was not given to you. That's coveting. And it is a disease. It takes over the heart and leaves us less than we should be. The disease of coveting is to desire another person's possessions. Something that does not belong to us. The disease of coveting also is when we care about things more than we care about people. If I had had any compassion for the man who was on hard times and had to pawn his, his uh, pioneer speakers. Now, when a man pawns his pioneer speakers, he's on hard times. Because that's the last thing he wants to, get, to, to give up. It's a lot easier to pawn your piece, you know, your 32 or your 45, and get a few dollars for it and get it back. But those pioneer speakers are very, very expensive. And when you're on hard enough times that you've got to pawn those things just to get by, I have not had compassion for that person. I did not have compassion for that person. I'm sure he's capable enough to have gone and bought some more, but I'm stuck with the albatross of those speakers. It's a disease. And once it invades your life, it takes over your life, and you're less healthy because you want something does, that does not belong to you. Let's talk about some of the dangers of coveting. One of the dangers we face in coveting is that we lose the purpose that God has for our life. God has a purpose for our life. And when God speaks to us about his purpose for our life, we're not to allow anything to get into the way. The stuff that we have that fills our closets, that fills our, our, um, um, well, our closets and our garages, we have garage sales, these things are meant to be a gift from God that we can use to bless others. But instead, we use it in order to fill up some emptiness that's on the inside. If I just had that watch, if I just had that boat, if I just owned that rod and reel, if I just had that rifle, I would be a happy person. The lie that has lured you is that stuff will make you happy. That's the lie that has lured you along, and you have taken the bait. And friends, stuff will make you happy until the bills come in. It's time to pay the piper. And if you can't afford it, it's kind of like buying a boat. Two happiest days in a boatman's life is the day he buys it and the day he sells it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
That's the two happy days of his life. And stuff will not make you happy. Stuff will not make you happy. The only thing that will truly bring peace in your life is your relationship with holy God. And when you find out what your purpose is in this world by serving the Lord Jesus Christ, by giving of yourself so that others may be blessed, then you will begin to find true joy and true happiness. Coveting takes away from us that purposeful life that God has in store for his people. Number two, we also lose the power of God because we do not any longer count on God to take care of us. We instead take care of ourselves. And we begin to lose out on the power of God to provide and to supply our needs according to his riches in glory. The passage in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 speaks so clearly about this. When I was first called to preach, God gave me that scripture and I think it gave it to me because we had lost so many things in our lifetime. Uh, our mother had passed away. Dad sold the old home place. And I'm out there on my own trying to go to school. And God's called me to preach. And Matthew 6.33 was a scripture that God gave to me. And it said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God has been faithful to provide that. Now, when I have added to what God can do and uh, succumbed to the desires of other things that don't belong to me, hence coveting, I find that I have brought into my life a disease. I have brought into my life a dead bird. He's called a, um, a, a um, seagull. He's called a, uh, what's that thing that hung from his neck? Alcatraz. No, not Alcatraz. You know the, the Odyssey and the Iliad and the Odyssey and the Albatross. The Albatross. We have brought on the Albatross in our life and not the peace of God. A third danger of covenanting has to do that we lose covenant with the people of God. We tend to uh, take from each other what we should not take. We expect from each other what we should not expect. We over-expect of each other. And when we over-expect of each other, we tend to lose covenant with people. We tend to always be disappointed. We tend to always be critical. And uh, that's where that sarcasm comes in, is because we expect more from other people than they can give. And uh, when we do that, we tend to covet uh, what we have and we... We are proud of our accomplishments and we are proud of our uh, uh, things that we have accumulated for ourselves. And coveting gets in the way of being in a right relationship with God and a right relationship with other people. Let me share with you in conclusion three ways to defeat a coveting heart. Three ways to overcome a coveting heart. One is Matthew 6.33. Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Lord, what do you want with my life? That's the beginning of true happiness. Is to ask that question. God, what do you want with my life? What direction, Lord, are you leading me? God, how can I serve your kingdom? 
How can I desire your kingdom more than anything else in the world? Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and come and follow me. And it is in the following of the Lord Jesus Christ that we find we have peace, we have joy, we have a purpose in life. Life makes sense. But until we come to that place of surrender and ask God, what do you want from me? How can I live for you? How can I uh, uh, share your kingdom with other people? Then we're always going to be trying to fill up our soul, this hunger within us, with stuff, with things of the world, things that don't belong to us, things that belong to someone else instead. So strive first for the kingdom of God. Number two, Satisfy yourself with God's provisions. With God's provisions. Proverbs 28 verse 25 says, A greedy person provokes conflict. A greedy person provokes conflict. Why is that? Why does a greedy person always provoke conflict? Because they're never happy. They're never satisfied. And if they're not satisfied and they're not happy, nobody else is going to be either. And they put demands on other people that they can't even fulfill for themselves. The greedy person provokes conflict. But whoever trusts in the Lord, the Bible says, will prosper. Because God will give you what you need. Not what you always want, but what you need. I found it to be true in the Psalm chapter 37, verses 4 and 5. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Because you will desire what He delights in. And when you desire what He delights in, you'll find that your life is filled with blessings and prosperity. Not the worldly prosperity, but the prosperity that brings you peace. Prosperity that allows you to sleep. Prosperity that allows you to be at peace with yourself and calm and be the calming presence in any room. Somebody has to be the adult in the room when there's conflict. And God calls upon us to be at peace. uh, Like a person that has been uh, weaned, according to Psalm chapter uh, 133. My my soul is, is like a weaned child, he says. That's because he has surrendered to the Lord what God is due, and he wants what God wants. Third and finally, uh, in order to defeat coveting, we sow seeds of generosity. The greatest weapon against coveting is to be generous. When you are generous and sharing what you have with other people, you're not wanting what they want. You want to bless them with what you have. And that sense of compassion comes from you toward the other person, you put yourself into their shoes and you find ways that you can minister to them, not so you can feel better about yourself, but that you can help them to get through life and get through this world and the challenges that they have because the day will come when you will face the same challenge in your own life. You'll face the same challenge in your own life. So be a generous person. Be a person like God. God is generous and when we are generous, We are most like God. We are behaving most like God. So let's overcome this disease. 
let us have a sensation of saying, I want Jesus, and Jesus is all I want. Let him be truly Lord of our life. Let him truly have control over our life. And let his blessings be enough. And when he's enough, we're generous with other people. Coveting is not a problem for us, but instead a generous heart like the Lord himself. Today we offer this time of invitation for you to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've not yet done that, I invite you to come. We're going to sing a song here in a moment after we pray. And I invite you to come and just be seated on the front pew. Uh, some of you students have made decisions at uh, camp and you need to profess your faith publicly. I invite you to come today and just be seated on the front pew as we share with the church that you've made your decision to give your life to the Lord. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we thank you for this day that you have made. The, the fact that you always provide enough for your people. We don't have to covet what belongs to someone else. Jesus' grace and mercy for us is enough. Jesus' grace and mercy covers our sin, covers our cravings, covers our desires so that we want what God wants. Give us generous hearts, O oh Lord, uh, to be compassionate, uh, to be willing to give to others that they will be blessed, they will be strengthened, and that the body of Christ will be built up. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.